0: Let's pursue an abundant life. So here we are with this week's discussion. This is my first time ever doing this kind of podcast episode, so I'm a little nervous. I've been kind of putting it off because i mean i'm about to give a review of a book that is a number 1 best selling book for decades and i'm bringing in some critique with it so i'm a little nervous but i definitely believe it is necessary because there are some really important nuggets that we can take away. And so you've probably already seen by the title that this week I'm talking about the five love languages. It's the secret to love that last. It was written by Gary Chapman. And like I said, it's been a number one bestseller for decades. He wrote the first book in 1992. I was still a freshman in high school. So this was a long time ago. I had zero experience in marriage at that point when he by the time he wrote this book And since then, he's had many revisions. So this is something that has lasted the test of time. So just right off the bat, it shows that there is value in this book and that there is a lot that we can take away from it. And so hopefully I will be able to give a fair review and give it The honor that it deserves because it has really stood the test of time, and I want to acknowledge that. If you're not familiar with this book, um, it was written by Gary Chapman, who is a longtime Christian marriage counselor. So he wrote this book after counseling, I'm guessing, hundreds and hundreds of different. Uh, couples. And after a while, he's just started hearing the same sort of patterns, the same stories and the same things that were broken in the marriages. And And he, he kept hearing the same sort of thing. And so he worked with a team to come together and just kind of filter through just no, his notes and notes and notes that he had and just years of of talking with couples. And he came up with this whole concept of the five love languages, and what he calls a love tank. So each of us have within ourselves an emotional love tank that can be depleted or full. And the way that our love tank, according to Gary Chapman, can be filled is by receiving love from others. And going through all of the different types of ways people would say they desired to be loved. He broke it down into five different categories, which he calls the five love languages. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time going through them, um but this will kind of give you the overview and you can always go and read the book and kind of study it more for yourself. But the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, Receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch, and all of them are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, let's see, the words of affirmation are going to be um, encouraging words that you use for your spouse. Quality time. Uh, let me see, quality time. He specifically defines it as undivided. You're giving the person your undivided attention not just sitting on the couch watching TV together. So it's something that you are actively paying attention to that person. Uh, The other one is receiving gifts. That's um, self-explanatory. The acts of service. So acts of service is doing anything uh, that you know that your spouse would like for you to do. So if you are a man and you know that your wife appreciates you doing the dishes, an act of service would be for you to do the dishes. And knowing that that is her love language of quality or acts of service, that's what you would then do. Um, And then the last one, the fifth one, of course, very explanatory is physical touch. And there's all kinds of different things that he talks about. It's not all sexual. There's some, you know, just um, touching shoulder or just anything that would would bring um, that feeling of love in your spouse. So that is the the overall overview of what the five love lang- languages are and what that love tank is, that feeling of love. And, and really... The, the whole foundation of this is the primary need of each of us and that is to feel loved um, he doesn't talk about it in this book but um, Abraham Maslow was I think one of the first ones to bring up this this need hierarchy there's this hierarchy that each of us have needs that we um, to be to thrive in life a fundamental need that we have um, at the bottom of of that book Pyramid is just our basic physical needs. So, food, shelter, water, we just need to feel. And then the one above that one is safety. We need to have our, our safety to be able to thrive. And then, right after that, once we have our basic needs met and we feel safe in our environment, the very next one that Abraham Maslow came up with is loving to feel loved and belong. So we, we have this sense that we are a tribal being. So we fundamentally have this desire to love and be loved. And so that is really what this book is about, is really teaching couples how to um, serve each other in that way. And the premise of the book, I want to read just one line that he Um, Well, a couple lines, a a paragraph or so. So um, if you ever read the book, it's on page 34. He says, The emotional need for love must be met if we are to have emotional health. Married adults long to feel affection and love from their spouses. We feel secure when we are assured that our mate accepts us, wants us, and is committed to our well-being. And then he has another line on the next page that says, how do we meet each other's deep emotional need to feel loved? So that is the basic, that is the basic premise of this book is how do we fulfill the emotional need of our spouse to feel loved? Now for me, my first big question that I would ask and I've asked many times is, well, let's define love. We need to know what love is before we can know how to offer it and understand it. And this is really um, something that he does touch on right out of the, the gate. He talks about it in his very first sentence of chapter two. It says, love is the most important word in the English language and the most confusing. This is something that I can 100% concur. It is a confusing word, and I actually talk about it more as to why I believe love in our language is so confusing. I talked about it in episode two if you want to hear more about it, but I think there's a lot of reason behind that is because I have begun to really see this idea and this concept of love is our concept of god there is very little differentiation between love and god and so because god is so elusive to our human understanding love becomes very elusive to our human understanding and so what he really boils it down to is that that affection that we feel from someone that security When we are assured that our mate accepts us, wants us, and is committed to our well-being. So that's kind of that foundation that he sets for what does it mean to love your spouse. So I think for me, in reading this book uh, and really on my journey to healing myself and Um, working on my marriage. There's been some things that I've learned on on this path that I think um, can easily be missed. He does talk about in chapter 12, loving the unlovely. That chapter he discusses specifically if your spouse has turned into your enemy and is cruel and abusive or not maybe not abusive but just unkind and is not willing to work on the marriage. He does talk a little bit about that and I honestly feel like that chapter number 12 um, would should actually be part of the premise of this book for this reason. This entire book is written from the perspective that both the husband and the wife are are on the same page and are both willing to put the equal effort into A, reading the book, B, openly discussing what you've read and continually discussing it, and um, and then even C, be willing to continue in long-term um, growth beyond that. Because really a lot of this stuff that he talks about is a very long journey. Discovering your love language after a lifetime of not really fully understanding is gonna take a long time. And so so I, I think the the, f- the first part of of my critique on it is that this is written from the perspective that both spouses are on the same page and are gonna put the same equal effort into it. Now, if you're married, then you 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 already know, you already know. finding a spouse couple where each spouse is going to both work as vigorously as the other on the marriage, it's very rare to find. And I think what happens in these situations when when the couples are not both seeing the the need or the purpose or the want to, to put this effort in working on a marriage. um, It seems you can interpret that as, uh, well, they don't care. Well, they obviously don't love. They don't put any value in our marriage. But that is so not the case. And the more that I've studied and the more that I've learned and the more that I've worked within the context of my own marriage. I love working on my marriage. I love reading marriage books. It's been my passion ever since we walked through what we walked through. I have spent countless hours I've gone years to counseling I because I want to learn every nook and cranny but that's how I am I did the same with parenting books I still am constantly working on myself Matt I always call he is a personal growth dabbler he will every once in a while he will jump in he might read a little bit of a book he might watch some some YouTube videos he definitely is um open to listen, but he's not going to be actively participating in growth and in and, and doing all these things to improve. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't value our marriage or or not. He doesn't love me. And I've learned early on that I don't have to judge how I am and the way I approach the marriage. Um, according to how he does and I think a lot of times um, that is a misunderstanding and that it's that it actually creates a greater divide in a relationship if you're continually judging the other person according to how you are contributing to the marriage and so that's my first would be my first critique is that this is this may not be for a couple that both couples are not on the same page but that's not to say if if you if you recognize that and you know like okay my husband's never going to read this book instead of getting discouraged about that i would say approach it in the way that okay i'm going to do this for myself so one of the biggest things that i have learned on my journey is that you can only give to someone else what you've already given to yourself one of the biggest parts for this book. Spend a lot of time really just unpacking things within yourself and and really understanding who you are first and foremost. And then also something that I have really begun to do is taking that concept of the love tank and first focusing on filling your own love tank. Because at the end of the day, It is nobody's responsibility to make sure that you feel loved and happy. This really does fall on you. Now, when you are a child, and and Gary Chapman does talk about this in the book, about how when we are children, how important it is that we have our emotional needs met as children. That's how we learn. We learn how to interact with other people through that family unit as children. And if those needs are not met, we go into adulthood with those unmet needs. And and what happens is, is if you have not learned how to regulate your own emotional needs yourself and taking really taking full responsibility for that, you will then seek to find that fulfillment in someone else and see here's this is the problem every single person you meet is going to do something in some way to to disappoint you they're going to block you in some way they're, they they over and over and over again the the people in your lives are going to miss the mark they're going to not fulfill your tank like they they it's just the way it is the same goes with the reverse, you are not able to fulfill and fill the happiness and, and the love in your spouse. If each of you are continually to pulling on each other, pulling, pulling, I need love from you, I need this from you, I need, pulling the love, pulling the love, after a while it's two empty tanks that are continually pulling dry off of each other and and then what happens if you are, are someone that you continue to feel that need from the other person. And and, you know, a lot of times what will happen then is we think, well, I'll, I'll give it then. I'll, I will, I will, I will pour myself out and give my love to this person. But deep down inside, we're doing it, expecting them to return it back to us. And this is what I think our, our modern culture has really taught us, which, which is a very conditional love. We have not been taught, unconditional love we've been taught conditional love and conditional love is saying I'll scratch your back but that means you need to scratch my back and then what happens is that doesn't always get reciprocated as we think it should and so one of the things that I have really begun to really put my my stake in the ground on this matter is that it is not your spouse's responsibility to fill that part of yourself as a child yes it was needed when you were young but as an adult now it's time to figure out for yourself what is it that i need to do and so i i've kind of begun to adapt these five love languages for myself And the, you know, you can only give words of affirmation to someone that you've, but you've got to first give it to yourself. So many times we spend our whole day just dogging on ourselves, talking trash about ourselves. We just literally hate ourselves so much that we just beat ourselves up mentally And then we come home exhausted after work and then we want our husband to fill that part of ourselves. Tell me something good about myself because I have beat myself up all day long. Instead, really taking your thoughts captive and training your mind to first speak love and affirmation to yourself. And when you have already spoken all day long words of kind affirmation where you have already know that I am worthy, I am good enough, I am loved in this moment with or without my spouse, not a single other person, just me and the divine creator of all. I have spent all day sharing words of affirmation to myself. When I walk through that door, my love tank is full and overflowing. I ain't looking for my husband to shower me with words of affirmation. I've been doing it to myself all day. Now I walk into that door ready to give whatever it is that is overflowing outside of me. Now I have words to give to my spouse. The same goes for quality time. You know, sometimes We're so afraid to be alone. It's because we haven't really truly gotten to know ourselves and we're terrified of this person because we've probably been beating ourselves up all day. Really begin to practice quality time, receiving gifts. Do some kind things to yourself. I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, treat yourself. I mean, you got that too, but that's not all I'm talking about. Doing little things for yourself, little gifts for yourself acts of service do things that that fill your love tank that that are or because this is because of your worth and your value physical touch i mean it's hard to give yourself you know a pat on the back but you can do that too but maybe even just booking yourself a massage, getting yourself a little foot massage, whatever that is. So what what happens though is when you first do this to yourself, when you first have spent time healing maybe some of those unmet needs with it as a child, that you first come in and then now you're doing this for yourself. And your love tank is full because you have been doing this inner work. These five love languages are phenomenal. They are wonderful way to figure out how to do good and kind things to yourself, which that is what love is. Love is kindness. So when we first give these to ourselves, that is when we can then from a full love tank, give to our spouses without asking for anything in return. That is how we can give unconditional love. And he talks briefly about it, but he talks about it in more of a sense of when things are really bad and you and your spouse are about to get a divorce, you know, and he's now the enemy and you guys are at each other's throat. But I believe even throughout all, all of your relationship, it must first, and I know a lot of times as Christians, you know, we're taught not to do that. We're supposed to deny ourselves, but in this aspect that we can only give what we have first given to ourselves, because the only way that we can truly connect with God, with love, is through ourselves, our own experience. And so we must experience that within ourselves first, so that we can then give it and pour it out to others. And so, and that kind of goes into a um, some of the things that he talks about in chapter 11, about how love makes the difference. And he has a lot of really great stuff. But I think the dangerous part that um, he, when he touches on is that when we are looking for it in someone else, when we are looking for love in someone else to fulfill some unmet need within ourselves, it becomes dangerous because the other person will always let us down. They will always fall short because that is not their role and their responsibility. For instance, one of the things that he talks about, he, he says, my sense of self-worth is fed by the fact that my spouse loves me. After all, if she loves me, I must be worth loving. This, and, and this right here is actually a very dangerous um, idea to have because... If you put your self-worth in how another person loves you, then you will be disappointed because we are all come to the table. We all come into relationships with our own wounded selves. Each and every one of us have our shadow parts of ourselves, the, the part of ourselves that are still in the darkness of fear. And we have, each of us, have a deep, deep, that we are not good enough. It's the foundation of fear for all of us. There's something throughout our life that has made us believe that we are not good enough. And if we put our, our fulfillment of, of whether I'm good enough, whether I am worthy to be loved Base it on the actions of someone else, then we have, we will then continually be disappointed. We will continually to have our self worth on trial because it's going to be based always on how someone else is acting, how someone else is is acting from their own wounded place, how they're acting from their own insecure place, and so we cannot base our our self worth of being loved. On another person, it must first come within ourselves. And once we have that place, then we cannot be rejected by someone else because we've already accepted ourselves. And what happens, I believe, is the more we do this within ourselves and the more we do this for ourselves, the more we can then teach our spouse how to do the same. So kind of going back to how Matt and I do things completely different in our marriage. As I talk about these things, I will openly talk about what I'm working on for myself. I always turn this on to myself. How can I be a better wife, a better mother? And as I talk about it, these things and share these things and own those dark side of myself, then He's hearing it. And then he has the courage to face that part of himself. Doesn't mean he's going to be actively reading all the books to do that. But he learns as I learn, because I'm willing to share that part of it. So I think overall, this book is an amazing book. It has wonderful, wonderful information. It really gives perspective. It gives you some sort of visual as to understanding the love tank inside of you, um, how to love your spouse. But I think more um, the overall part of it is that you must do this for yourself first, and then you must when you do it to your spouse, when you do, you can kind of learn like, what does my spouse, they really do love receiving gifts. I may not be a gift giver, but I know how much my spouse loves getting gifts. So I'm going to, from the abundant place of my heart, because I've been doing my work and loving myself and filling my love tank, I'm going to give a gift, but I'm going to give the gift with unconditioned There's no, I'm not expecting anything in return. And when you give from that place of that abundant love, it does come back to you, but you have to be willing to first do it to yourself, then give unconditionally, and then to accept that love as it comes back to you. Okay, if you're still with me on this episode, I would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts about the five love languages if you've read it if you know anything about it also what how do you feel about what my critiques were for this book? I am very curious to know your thoughts you can always e- email me at charity at charitycraig.com or reach out on any of the social media platforms I'm charity L Craig on all of them. So I look forward to hearing from you. Until then, continue to build an abundant marriage. I wanted to say thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you have a special gift that this world needs. Keep on growing. Keep becoming the better version of yourself. No matter what, stay present in this moment as you pursue and abundant.